Lindsay Plugged is a podcast brought to you by Generation Connected. Generation Connected is a youth-led organization where we provide free tutoring for students and publish works by youth. Hi, my name is Anatara. My name is Gucci. And we'll be your host for today. Today we'll be discussing relationships, the good, the bad, and the ugly. In the spirit of love, happiness, and the overwhelming amount of hard chocolate, we'll be talking about all the relationships in your life, including the more toxic ones. Let's get started. The people want to know, Anatara, have you ever been in a relationship? If so, how did that work out? And are you guys still together? Let us know. Let the people know. Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, I haven't been in a relationship, so there's not much going there. Um, so, yeah, I've been single for all of my life, my 16 years. What about you? Hey, you're um, the only one out here. Um, I don't, I don't want to say, un- unfortunately, it's not a bad yeah, thing. Yeah. You know, I've heard this quote before, uh, just because you're alone doesn't mean you're not happy. And just because you're in a relationship doesn't make you happy. So yeah. as long yeah. as you're happy with yourself, you're in a good place, you're good. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think that like being a relationship is like you being alone, but in certain types of relationships, you know, you do have that feeling where you definitely like feel like there's not like that connection there, especially in like, there's like the honeymoon stage of relationships where it's like super good and super happy and guys are just want to be with each other all the time. And then like, as it kind of goes on, it's kind of like, this is like, you get to see their real colors and see their real colors. That's what, that's what I, that's what I want to say. So that's the point where you're kind of like, Oh, I don't really like feel, I'm not feeling it with this person, you know? And that's what like makes you feel alone, I guess, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, it does, it does, because coming from your perspective, and I'm sure a lot of people people can relate to it, um, being in a relationship, being physically there with someone, and maybe not connecting the chemistry anymore, and, feel, and feeling lonely within the relationship. And that's when the questions um, begin. You know, you start asking yourself, am I feeling this person? Um, why am I here, you know, spending time with the person? So I think it starts right around there. Yeah. So what do you think like causes these relationships to like fall off? Like, where is that? Like I mentioned the honeymoon stage, but like, where is that like point where you're like, I don't know about this anymore. Like, I mean, even though the both of us have never been in relationships, (laughs) I feel like it should still be like ass. Like, where do you think that like comes from? Um, I think where, I don't think there's a specific place, but I think there's certain things that can lead to it. Um, Maybe you you thought you knew the person, but you didn't really know them. And in the end, I don't think you will ever 100% know someone, but to a certain uh, degree, you should know someone. And I think we sort of rush the process of getting to know someone. And when we think we know someone, like you said, we later on find out who they really are. That's when it starts messing with you. And I think in this generation, sometimes we go off the appearance at first, and then we realize the person, the personality of the person is not suited for you. So I think the way you approach the relationship, the person, um, it can determine if you, if this relation will make you or break you. So definitely how you approach it, how you feel about the person, it should be a more 
genuine connection versus just, you know, the, um, how someone looks, their appearance. Yeah, I, personality is definitely a big factor, but I feel like we change as our situations change. Um, and I feel like that's where like a lot of the problems arise, like situations change, like say someone's getting a new job and uh, your partner may feel, you know, kind of like iffy about the whole thing, you know? And I, and I strongly like think that it's the situations that you're put in that really like tells that it's a real like definer, <laughs> definer's not a word, but like it tells whether or not your relationship is going to work or not. Because if you're put in a situation, a difficult situation, if you're put in a hard um, task in your life and you have to overcome that and you see if that person is there or not for you, that's a real like test, you know, Mm -hmm. if their attitude switches up, like you can tell like this is not for me or if they're like they support you, then you definitely can tell, you know, so I don't necessarily like personality obviously is very important, but it's just how they how their personality reacts to certain situations is where like it's really important, you know. With that being said, what is the most important thing in a relationship then? What's that thing or multiple things that makes that relationship lasting or something different? What what determines that for you? I don't know. I I guess I'll just say for no. I know I'm keeping with the question, but should you know? I mean, yeah. (laughs) Um, I okay. I'm just gonna say friendships because I I don't really know for relationships or what I what I what I want in a partner. But I think for friendships, I really want someone who is who can be there for me when I need them, and not only be there but can give me advice that can help me. that we can both like balance each other out, like work each other out. So if you have something going on, I can help you. And if we have both something on, I can like help you. I want it to be a, a balance of us being able to help each other, you know? And it's not about helping each other, like helping or like helping the other person do this or help, helping them in their career. I feel like it's more, I want to say like a connection, but I like where does that connection come from? You know, like what makes you what makes you want to be with that person? So I guess, I don't know. I'm not I'm not entirely like sure. You know, I don't know. I also think um, when you don't know, it allows you sort of to be curious about it. It allows you to go into a journey with someone to experience life, and as you get through life, you know, you build that bond with someone. So with that being said, um, I think for me, if being with someone, a partner, the most important thing, I think we'll have to start with trust, like trusting someone. And when we say trust, what does that mean? Like, do you just trust somebody with your phone? Or I think it goes down to like trusting that person with everything. <laughs> the person uh, over certain things, because I think with life, it's, it's like in school, right? You learn the lesson, you study lesson first, and then you get the test. But in life, you should get tested first and then you get the lesson from, you know, what happened. So by trusting each other, you know, when things get rough, I think it can determine, you know, if that relationship is going to come out or, you know, it's not. Trust is really, it's a big thing, but I feel like a lot of us, like, don't feel like we can trust people, you know, like, 
I don't feel like I can trust a lot of people and I feel like that'd be super difficult, which I guess is a thing with relationships. You have to learn that and learn how to like be with that person fully and to be with them like wholeheartedly. And I think that's like a, a like the difficulties of being in a relationship, you know, like trusting someone like it's scary, you know, like giving your everything to that person and like letting them like guide you kind of and letting both of you guide each other, you know, letting someone else take the wheel or letting someone else know all those things about you and to trust them fully. That's like super scary. I don't think I'd be up for it. Ooh, okay. We're getting deep here. You see? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. Cause I don't know if someone is like I don't know if someone's out there that can really take all of that. You know, that's interesting. So, I think many of us, when we're about to go or when we're thinking of a relationship, we have these expectations of how it should be, how it should be going, and I think that sort of interfere with you even beginning the relationship. Because I'm not saying you shouldn't think about these things, but in a in a way, they're like a barrier between you and that person because you're not allowing yourself to just. Uh, trust the person and go with them. Instead, you have these questions, which sometimes just sort of eliminate what can happen, you know, the chemistry, the vibe that can happen between the person. Maybe it's the questions. No, but those questions are necessary. Those questions are necessary to make sure that that is the right person. Like, without me being curious about who this is, who that is, who's Sarah, who's Jane, who's Jenny. By the way, guys, these are random names. These are random names. But <laughs> you have to like ask these questions. You have to be, you have to be aware of that type of stuff. And I get it, like asking questions can get you into trouble, but I feel like I'd rather know than be, be like in the dark. Ooh, okay. But can it be too much at a certain point where it's too much questions or is it, never too much i don't if you're in a relationship with someone there's never too much questions it's never too much because okay. you're you're with you're with them like what else is there to hide that's the trust thing like you can't hide anything anymore there's no like there's no you there's us oh okay you guys heard that <laughs> that there's was us now. There's, no you. There's, there's no i it's it's us it's but that's us also together. like controversial too because a lot of people are like oh you need to be your own self within a relationship but like when people get married it's not it's not two people anymore it's you Ooh, you brought You're something together. up right now <laughs> marriage i mean even with the government like come on y'all you go under each other's last name you are one person at that point like come on that's one person Okay, okay. Can that just be the expectation of how it's been done, like traditional, that when, you, when you're when you with someone, you become one with the person? Should it be that way, or is this just like the, the tradition we've been following and we just accepted this? I mean, it's a social construct, marriage, but mm. it's definitely like a traditional thing. Definitely like traditional, like... um what's the saying when you get married like when you're at the altar and you're talking to them and they're like you may um i'll be with you through sickness and through health like all that stuff and it's like you'll be there with that person like forever and like that's that's like that's forever and if it's forever then i better know everything i better know everything. 
That's you just, guys heard that's it first. That's just you know me. everything. <laughs> that's just me. I don't know, like, how do you feel about it? Like, how would you? I feel it's important to know the person's life. Um, I think it's it's important because, like you said, you're going to be living with this person. That means all your dreams, your plans, your goals are no longer just you. It's another person with, with you along this journey that you're not going to be going through the rough times by yourself. So to get through it, I think it's definitely important that I know everything and you know everything. Yeah. That the past is the past, and to move on, we have to take, we have to take that step together, and we must be synchronized. Uh, we can't just be one step behind each other, or else it's not going to work. Exactly. I think it's important um, to have that. Yeah, there's no secrets. There's secrets don't even exist anymore. That's that's my that's my thing. But I feel like marriage in general is kind of like it's iffy for me. Like there's there's the trust, right? But then there's like you're gonna be with that person forever. Like forever. That's like from now, from when I married you to when we die. You know, (laughs) that's like death. So I guess my question is like how does that work out for you like how do you how can you imagine yourself being with someone forever like if you can you know how would that work I think um just the word marriage just scares a lot of people but technically even if you're not married and you've been with someone for even for months or years technically you've been with them for a pretty long time and I think when we say marriage We've already taken that step already. We just think since we're going to be together, they just put a title on it. I think it already existed. I think the marriage already existed between the, um, either the two partners or however it is. I think it's already it's already there. We're just making it public and you know, um, wife and husband. I think it already existed there. Yeah. But um, yeah. with marriage, how do I feel about it? How do I feel about it? Um, <laughs> Now, coming from a Christian household and being Christian is definitely a must, right? Yeah. Um, one day having a family, being married, um, raising kids. So I think for sure it is something that I do want, but it's not something um, I'm going to be like, hey, if you don't want to marry me right now, you got to know it. it's a yes or no. Yeah. I don't think it's like that. You know, it's over time. Like you said, it's forever. It's, it's, it's a big thing forever. I don't think. When we say forever, we don't really think about it. It's forever. Yeah, con- like the concept of forever is very like, it's very vague because forever can mean a lot of things. Like you never know when you're gonna, you never know when you're gonna kick the bucket. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, marriage is like, it's, it's, I don't know if I could imagine myself being so, committed to someone for so long and still be in love with them you know because I see myself falling out with like the falling out of like friends or like in relationships you just fall out because you guys aren't taking the same road and in a marriage you're with that person forever so if you feel that you guys aren't on the same page it's like I cannot just leave like I have to figure it out and then say it doesn't work out say we're still not on the same page, your values change. It's like 20, 20 years when you first married to, you know, when you're 40 or 50 years old and this, this person's values could have completely like done a 
360 and now yeah it it could be a totally different person like how do you deal with that how do you deal with like seeing that person and you're like who are you like I didn't I didn't marry this person like how do you deal with that so it so the, so we're saying that it comes down to you know that when we're when we start falling out by saying it's like we like this person but we're not in love with this person anymore and yeah. the only reason we're staying is because of the commitment yeah Kenan, we also say because of that, we've been seeing a high number in divorce. Um, can that also be a reason? I know we're getting deep into it, but, you know, I think it's important that we talk about it. Yeah. I think communication is key with everything. Yeah. And I feel like with that communication, like you were saying earlier, it's like there's a lot of things that you don't want to know. You know, sometimes you don't want to know it. But with communication, and especially with the situation like marriage, and just communicating about it, there's like a point where you can't like there's no more communicating you guys have already talked uh about everything there is to talk about and you guys still feel this way like what what next i get divorced it's gonna cost ten thousand dollars or i'm just gonna stay with you because it's convenient mm, ooh, let that sink in for a for a minute yeah, let, that, let's, that let's talk about it let's talk about that it was, Ooh, that was deep. I skip a heartbeat right there. Wow. Um, I never thought about it that way. Wow. I, I don't <laughs> I don't even know what to say because I'm already thinking about it and it, part of it makes sense. If not all of it makes sense. But also I think um we will never know unless we're in that position, right? Yeah. And I feel about the people who've been in relationships and who are married for 10, 20 years. For example, my parents are married for, I'm say 17, so for 18 years. And like every day when they come from work, it's like they just met each other again. They're telling jokes, the jokes never gets old. That's so sweet. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. So the question, well, it's not the question, I'm wondering what keeps the person in love? Is it a thing or is it the idea that when you find your soulmate, there's no like explanation for it? It just meant to be. Yeah, I don't know. Like th that goes on to another topic about soulmates. Like, do you think they exist? Like, is there really that person out there that you can know for absolutely sure that you're gonna be in love that with that person forever? At least on my side of the spectrum, I don't know. You know, because my parents, uh, they're not. They're not. We're like getting yours. deep. We're getting deep, guys. <laughs> we're getting deep. My here. parents are not like yours. So I don't want to wait, 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 before you even say anything, I'm not saying they're in a perfect relationship because there yeah. is perfect doesn't exist. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. It's kind of like, how do you how do you fall out of love with someone that you've known for all these years? How do you fall out of love with them and then just want to leave? Like you don't want to have anything to do with them after all that commitment, after all those trials, after having children after sharing money after sharing finances after sharing secrets like how do you just leave and then another question is how can you get into that in the first place if you know that's where you can end up you know oh these these, these they're heavy the questions yeah. but i think something just hit me and i realized think about think all, think all the way back when the relationship just started how the guy was just buying the flowers he was just interested his curiosity was high. He just wanted to know everything about that woman. I think the problem begins when 
you finally have what you've been searching for and now you don't know how to move on with it. It's like asking for a million dollars. Now you have a million and you got so many options and you don't know what to do. And I think that can be dangerous at time. You know, from the beginning, you were buying, either buying flowers, you were interested, you, know, you, you had that energy in you and you, you were spontaneous taking, taking her on dates or taking him on dates. Um, but afterwards, when you sort of married her, married him, you stopped. I think when we stop, that's when it starts falling out. I think that's where the love starts diminishing because we believe we already have the person and we don't have to put them to work anymore. Yeah, the chase is over, basically. Like there's no, there's fun in the chase, but if it's not there anymore, then what can you do, you know? But then like, what about the people that are like, you know, still happy in their marriages can stay with that person. I guess that's the thing. Like, they never lost the chase. They were still chasing after that person. They were both still. Well, I, I, like, said, I just said right there. Yeah. Maybe they, they just didn't stop chasing each other, which I guess is like the the main thing. I guess is like you don't ever stop pretending like you guys aren't first meeting like you still get the flowers you still get the dates you still get um, all the fun flowers. stuff like keep it keep it alive but you know there's still like there's still that um and if you do do all that stuff you can never truly know like if the other person is falling out of love which i think is like another question like falling out of love does that i think it's a real thing I yeah. think you can fall out of, out of love with someone. Um, but it's hard to say if there's just one thing that determines that. I think just like everyone has a personality that's different from the other, I think everyone's situation is different. But yeah. at the yeah. end, um, it ties or it goes back to just being in a relationship with someone. Uh, it's like having a habit, right? And it's hard to change the habit. Yeah. Uh, I think it goes into that a little bit falling out of love with someone is it real i definitely believe it is and another thing is so since we have those people who never fall out of love right their relationship is going strong does that mean it was predetermined already that there are certain people who are just going to find their soulmate yeah. they're going to be happy there are those no matter how hard they try they'll just never get there yeah and if so, is it fair? <laughs> it's not like that's definitely not fair that some people just don't find who they're looking for but i do think that some people are destined to be together whether that's like soulmates whether that's like marriages whether that's friendships like have you seen those movies about those friends that like are friends from like kindergarten to grown like that's the type of like relationship that a lot of people like strive to be like and that's what I think the connection is it doesn't necessarily have to be romantic but there is like this sense that yo this person is like we're connected like there's like a, a string between me and them and it doesn't have to be romantic but there is like this connection you know what I'm saying so I, I think that soulmates are they definitely they're definitely like real you know like they're real and for like a sense like they're real in the sense that there's always that person. Like, I feel like everybody has that person, but they just like haven't met them yet. So everybody has a soulmate, 
but everybody doesn't have like a romantic soulmate, somebody that you're going to marry and love and do all the romantic things that you would do on Valentine's Day. Like you're not, not everybody's going to find that, but you will have a soulmate. Mm. Yeah. And again, it gets me wondering why is that? Uh, is it the things we've done in our life? Is that a certain, because right now we're reading uh, Dante, um, the book Dante, and the, 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 I can say that the gist of the story is that he's going around giving punishment for certain things. Can we say that it's certain things we've done in our life and that's our punishment in a way, or is it just, you know, meant to be? Do you think love is a punishment is what you're asking? No, not punishment. Like we're saying that there are those people who will find your soulmate and they'll be happy no matter what. They will never fall out of love because they just have that chase going on. And there are those, you know, the opposite. It, can can we say those who are opposite are like their, that's their punishment or? Oh God, is <laughs> I don't know. Like is, is a higher being punishing us? I don't. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that anybody's being punished because not having a romantic relationship isn't necessarily like a punishment per se. It's not a punishment, I don't think. Not having a romantic relationship isn't a punishment. I'm going to say it right now. But um, people, I don't think people are missing out either. So I don't think it's a punishment. No. I don't think anybody's being punished here. And you know, with the quarantine going on, and it's been, it's 2021, and this yeah. started, I, it, it felt like so long. So with the quarantine, how is creating relationships during the quarantine affecting your social, affecting you socially? And is it easier to make friends or harder? And have you became more social or less social in a way? Um, okay. <laughs> I definitely. I, know, I, I just bombarded you with questions. How's <laughs> creating relationships during the quarantine affecting you socially? Yeah, um, definitely not as social as I wanted to be. Um, I'm and I'm an extrovert, so I love being around people. I love making friends. I love just talking all the time. I have I just talk and I love talking, but quarantine has really shown me who is there for you and who is not. So socially, I feel like I've declined in that area. Like I was here at school, I was at the top, and then I like declined. I was just like, I was wow. down there. I ended up with like two friends. And I'm like, where, where did the rest of you go? What <laughs> happened? <laughs> but um, what about yeah, you? I feel you on that. Yeah. But so how would you like? How is it socially like working out for you? Like I think for a moment, I did not pay attention to it. Like, like you know when something is happening, but you ignore that it's happening. I think I tried to go along that route. So like convincing myself it's okay and it's not happening. It's just temporary, but it definitely got to me. Like you were saying, um, I'm definitely an outgoing person. I love talking with two people. I'm always doing, you know, starting a conversation or something. That's just me. And it, it was hard for me because it's, it became a routine, just waking up, turn on my computer, go to school and just repeat that. And it, that's just not me. I don't like to have a routine. You know, I do like having a routine for certain things, but I do like things when things are spontaneous, you know, when you just jumped out, you know, yeah. just being a, what were, you, what were you doing after school? You know, where are we going? Are we going to eat or are we going to watch a game? I like not knowing what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't know, is, is it because I ran track? It's like, no matter how hard you train, you know, the other person training as hard as you. And when you hear that gun, it can be anybody's race. Yeah. So yeah. for me, that's how I feel with uh, friends around me. I always like that, that rush of knowing what's not going to happen. Yeah, it's really exhilarating, to be honest with you. Like, I, I life, there was this kind of like romanticism of life because it was so spontaneous. You know, you wake up and you'd go to school and it'd be the same routine. Kind of, you go to lunch, you talk with your friends, but you never know what would happen at that lunch. You know, you never know someone, well, I went to an art school, but you never know when someone like bust out in like SAR, there'd be like a, I don't know, like a dance mashup or something, <laughs> or, if there, or if there'd be like a pep rally or something, or you go after school and you can go out with your friends, these places, that's a type of like everyday spontaneous acts that really made life fun, you know? And I always know that we used, we complain about school, like every single day, oh, I don't really want to go here, but we'd see our friends and then we'd be like, we'd be happy. You know, just being with the people around you just make you really happy. And to people that don't have that, it obviously wasn't the same. But at least for me, it made me really, you know, happy. It made me think about how much I took for granted at school. Um, I thought, remember, I remember March 13th when I actually went out with a couple of friends after school. And we were like, oh, see you in two weeks after spring break. And it's been a year. It's been so long. But um, yeah, I really, it was, it was such an exhilarating life, you know? So, all right. So do you think that people are like toxic on purpose? Ooh, toxic on purpose, the word purpose. Yeah. Um, I think it depends because I think the environment you're in determines um, because I think people, the way we function is that we're influenced by the things around us, things we hear, see, you know. So, so from a perspective of being around toxic people, I think you would become toxic, maybe not on purpose. But however, I think sometimes you can be toxic on purpose. I know it, it, it's, it's a harsh statement, but I think it's it's possible to be toxic to someone knowing that you're causing them some type of pain and you're doing it on purpose. Yeah. I don't know if it's just me, but what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I don't think it's, toxic is a weird word because I feel like we weren't using that word five years ago. So mm. <laughs> um, yeah. just the the word itself feels really like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel nice to use. But I do think that we, we, we as people are just mean to people on purpose. Like we are, we are like, it's not, it's not like something, this is not a new concept of people just being mean or rude to you. But I feel like more in relationships, especially when you don't realize you're being toxic is where it like, where the fall happens, you know? Cause I have been situations where people have told me where I'm like hurting their feelings or I do things and don't make them feel good. And I don't notice it. So I guess it would kind of be like, I was doing it on purpose if I, but, I didn't know about it so mm -hmm. it kind of is like I was doing it on purpose because I had a purpose to the words I was saying it's not like I didn't mean it it's mm -hmm. just I didn't know how it affected you and once I know how it affected you of course I'm gonna stop but you know we are people I'm not gonna right, like right. 
I can't be nice to you all the time. Whoa. <laughs> I, not like not being nice to you. I just mean that I'm going to have, I have flaws. You got to meet me halfway. Yeah. I'm going to meet you halfway. And my flaws um, ideally would be your strengths, you know? Um, okay. I like that. Yeah. Um, the things I'm not so good at are the things I am working on is what you're already good at. So you can, you know, help me out with that and vice versa. I guess and I, and I, and an ideal relationship of course that's how it would you know be but you know there's just some people that are manipulative and I think that's where we should like kind of switch the conversation and talk about manipulation within relationships and how that like works in this modern day time of people getting exposed for their manipulation and people being more aware of manipulation. Oh, oh you, I think you just said two things here, being aware. Mm. And um, I think being aware is, is something we become more aware. When we say aware, I think we've probably heard of it, probably knew about it, but it has become more frequent um, with the information or what's happening. Yeah. And I think with social media, we've enabled that to become more aware of certain things. And I think this can be a positive thing, and it, it can also be a negative thing also. Positive in the way that something that needs to be heard, something that needs to be brought awareness, attention can, and also the negative side of it. So I think it's a fun between where something, definitely. What's the negative yeah. about mm-hmm. like knowing, knowing about manipulation, knowing about those toxic traits? Like what, what would be negative? I think it'll be wow. <laughs> you just need wow. What'll be negative about being aware of that? Um, I think it goes back to what you just said when you when you said um, if someone was to tell you you were being some type of way, you know, toxic to them, and you decided to change that. However, when we, the original question was, you know, do you think um, toxic friends do it on purpose? I think that's where the lo- the line is drawn between when now you know and you decide not to do anything about it. Yeah. I think that's where it becomes negative for me. I think the negative side of knowing about people's toxic traits and how people manipulate others is then um, is then putting it on people continuously. Like there's a trend where people are calling out people for being toxic when in actuality, they're just being like, flawed you know is there a difference between flawed and toxic I'm not sure I feel like toxic is more manipulation and flawed is just like human nature but I feel like people calling each other out constantly for it people calling people out for their mistakes at a constant rate is very like demeaning like you feel like you can't do anything right so in relationships I feel like you're calling people out on their mistakes yes you communicate with them yes you talk to them about it yes you try to fix it but then calling them out constantly about it, mm. like battering them down can be very like, it makes you want to turn away and don't do anything about it. You're just like, I don't want to be, I don't even want to do it anymore because you're always like right. nagging me, like you're always nagging me. And I get <laughs> it. Like I, I get it. I'm like not perfect. Like I get it. I'm not perfect. And I I'm working on it, but I feel like if you keep on bringing it up, keep on bringing it up to a point where it becomes annoying, 
then like that's the, the negative side. But I don't okay. think there's any like direct like negatives to awareness, you know? Like I don't think there's a direct negative. Okay, all right, I like that. Um, I think another part I think we wanna head into with being toxic is if you, you know, become aware the same word again, how would you deal with, you know, a partner or friends or even your own family being toxic? How would you deal with that or yeah. handle that? Um, toxic family members, toxic uh, relationships. Let's, let's just start. Let's just start with. Let me see. I can't say the easiest because it's all important. But let's just start with family. I think we're around our family members more often. Yeah. Um, toxic family members are something that I think we all go through. We all like have our toxic family members that, you know, just seem to, you know, suck the joy out of the room. Um, I think one way, (laughs) one way is to just ignore it. And then one way is to conversate. And I think that's a big thing. All relationships, you need that conversation, but it's the type of conversation that people have because you cannot just talk. That's about it. Yeah. You cannot just talk to people any type of way and expect differences you know you can't talk to people with an attitude and be like why don't you just fix this this and this or i i can't be around you no more i'm done you know you can't you can't be rude and respectful especially in family settings because a lot of adults feel that they deserve a lot of those feel like they deserve respect, which I agree with. Adults do deserve respect in certain situations. But in other situations, you know, it may be very difficult for some. And I feel like we have to really uh, gain some self-control as teenagers. We do have to have some self-control. And we do have to, um, I don't want to say, like, uh, calm ourselves or, like, be the bigger oh person. God. Because sometimes adults aren't the bigger person. But I feel like Sometimes we have to be the bigger person and mm, interesting. Yeah, we have to Yeah, I, I definitely feel that um depending of you know what type of family you're from, the culture, the, the tradition, there's certain things we can't address because of the respect. But with that being said, can can we say the respect? There's a fall line between respecting someone and just you know tolerating someone because you respect them. I think there might be a, dif- a difference between the two, you know. I respect you, however, you know, when I see something wrong, I should be able to tell you about it versus yeah. tolerating you and calling that respect. Can we say there's a difference between the two? Definitely, definitely. I tolerate a lot of people um, in my family just because they are my family, you know. I still respect you, but a lot of the ideals that you have, I just don't agree with. And I think that's fine, you know. Like, there's, I don't have to agree with everything you say. It just becomes a problem. It just it becomes a problem when it starts to interfere with my life to an abnormal extent. Your Ooh. your problems with me or your problems that you have with anybody around you shouldn't affect me so much that I'm like I'm worrying, I'm stressing over it. Then we have a conversation about it, you know? And I'm big on convert conversation and big on communication especially with my family members my mom my dad they know like I'm always want to sit down let's have a talk about it let's talk I'm really that I'm that yeah, that's person. really important <laughs> I think um, many times and you know in doesn't matter what type of relationship we begin to assume certain things but we think we know the person enough 
to assume this is what they want or this is what they like. And when, when we do this, we sort of sort of lose something because there's no communication anymore. And I think that's key to know exactly what the person wants. Yeah. And I don't know, I just, I just found this quote. It's interesting. It says, I stop explaining myself when I realize only, I realize people only understand from their level of perception. And I think this is, this is a strong quote for me that sometimes you try to explain yourself to someone and you realize it doesn't matter how much you do or sometimes even how much you communicate with them, they're not going to understand. And I think that can be a defining moment where to move on from a relationship yeah. where you feel like you have to explain yourself who you are a little bit. Family is like that a lot. A lot of family think that they know their, um, they know their teens enough and they don't notice that their, their, their child has changed, you know, where people only change a lot. And a a lot of teens feel like their parents just can't understand them. And a lot of situations like they're right. Their parents just don't understand. And I think it's our, our duty as people to help people understand us. And even afterwards, if they can't understand, that's not in your control anymore. You already tried you did what you have to do. And if they still are not able to, you know, understand, obviously you can work with them on it, work with them, talk to them. Right, whatever. right. But there's like, there's that point where it's just, I don't need, I don't need it anymore. Like if you enough, can't understand. Enough is enough. Yeah, enough is enough. Like you don't understand. I can't, I can't help you anymore. That's another thing, like helping people. Like where, where do you draw the line and, and like in, in relationships like how how much can I help you because there's always that like standard in a lot of relationships that um uh the man is supposed to be you know he's supposed to be the big honcho in charge you know what I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) I even like the change in the voice (laughs) (laughs) he's like the the provider whatever and um and the woman is like the emotional support you know, she, she, I'm not, she can obviously be like a provider or whatever, but um, right. there's like a, um, a kind of rift. Like a stigma or rift? Yeah, there's, there's kind of a rift there of how much you should help your significant other, you know, especially with like their mental health problems, mm. I'd like to say. Mental health. Because, you know, like a lot of people are mentally like, not ready for relationships but they are in ones and how how did how do you feel about that you know how do you feel about mental health and relationships and how far you should go to help that person I think for me I've heard this quote before it doesn't matter how much you want someone to change or how much you think they can get better but if the person doesn't want to it's not that much you can do I think my teacher said you can bring the horse to the river, but you can't make it drink the water. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that one before. You heard that one before. I think yeah. <laughs> and if you haven't, hey, you heard it here. Yeah. Um, so I think you can want the best for anybody, friends, a partner, or even a family member. But if the person doesn't even want it as bad as you want them, you want it for them. I don't think it's gonna work out. And I think that's where you draw the line when you realize you. I understand you can't really change someone. They have to change themselves. And if you realize they're not going to, or any, and if you're in a relationship, the person is not willing to adapt to change for you, 
then that's that's when I would draw the line, saying, you know, I think I've helped enough. It doesn't matter how much I continue to help. It doesn't matter. It's not going to make any difference. So yeah. I think that's when I would know, you know, it's, it's enough. Yeah, people people do have to help themselves, I think. I think with mental health, it's a bit like, it's a bit difficult. And I don't want to discourage any from mm, them, yeah. their significant other with, with the whatever they're going through. But um, despite despite all that, you have to think about yourself. I think a lot of us want to be there for our friends. I'm going to be there for our family. want to be there for our partners. And that's totally fine. But you have to like, you have to be there for yourself too, you know? And you have to think about yourself. Ooh, I like that. You have to think for yourself. And I, I know people are like selfish. People are just selfish. We're people. But you have to think about <laughs> our mental health as well. Because, you know, being around someone who's mentally unhinged or is not doing so well mentally, um, that can really be like a, a, a downer, you know? And I don't want to say like, don't put your emotional trauma onto your friends or whatever like that. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying you have to realize like they, they're, they're their own person too. And they have to deal with a lot of things as well. And like, you're not just you. you know? Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Um, I think, especially during this time, this quarantine, with spending a lot of time, we've realized how much you didn't know about yourself. Personally, I realized how much I didn't know about myself because being this outgoing person, my sometimes I feed up of energy from someone else, you know, the energy of someone else. So it's always someone else, you know, I'm looking forward to or something I'm looking forward to. And having and having this sign, you know, to to really think about myself, I started to realize there's some things I don't like or I never did. I just did them. You know, I think a lot of time we find, especially when you go to high school, you'll find yourself doing certain things or even saying certain things that you're not really about. You know, you're just trying to say them or do them just to be a part of this group. And I think over time, you might lose yourself. For me, uh, I think freshman year, at the end of freshman year, I took a trip to VC. And when I came back, and I, I realized how much I put myself in a box and then once I took that trip, I feel like it came out. Like my personality, who I was, came out because I was able to be free. I was able to be, you know, not around people I, I used to know. And I had to sort of meet new people. And that, that, that itself forced me to come out. And when it did, I was like, wow, I never knew this about me. Um, and it all goes back to the people you hanging around, you hanging around with, um, having a positive vibe, energy with them. It's important. Yeah, I think the big thing is like trauma dumping on some people. Mm. And a lot okay. of people, we all have our our traumas, but I think a big thing is that we like to, it's no problem with talking about them, but it becomes too much sometimes for the listener as well. And I know you want to be there for your friends. Like you 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 need to be there for them and you want to be there for them. But there, it's okay to say that like, hey, I I can't really listen to this right now. Like, I, I'm sorry, like, I can't, I, I want to be there for you, but I, I can't be, I can't listen right now because I'm not going to do well and we're not going to, there's no point in both of us not doing well. There's no point of us okay, not. Yeah, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you added that part. Yeah. Saying that, you know, I can't help you if I can't help myself. Yeah, but, yeah, I think that's a big one. 
and people like there's a negative stigma around being selfish but it selfish being selfish is isn't I don't want to say it's not bad but you know I think you know you can't say it's not bad at all times like you were just saying yeah I can't help you if I can't help myself first yeah and I think the moment we lose how to help ourselves and we begin to help somebody else we lose ourselves in that process God, yes and sometimes we like like I was saying sometimes we ignore certain things because we put ourselves in denial and you know once that gets starting and it's hard to go back so for me, being a junior at, at MASH, um, I had to realize a lot, of, a lot of things that, you know, in a few years, I'll be going to college. And it doesn't matter, you know, how good our friendship is. You know, we might go to a different college and life is going to be different for us. I mean, I have to be there for myself. I have to be, you know, that emotional support for myself. And with the quarantine, I realized I, I relied on people for that. You know, I was able to have a conversation with someone and that took my problems away because I was able to listen to someone and, you know, or talk to someone. And I never, you know, find a way to do it for myself. And especially with 2021, that was a goal of mine to be able to help myself. You know, it sounds cliche, like, how do you help yourself? Exactly. How do you help yourself? Yeah. We've been helping other people so much that we forget how to help ourselves. Yeah. So, um, really, um, like downplay our emotions, I think. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think that was a big, big one for me. I think, um, seventh grade, I think I was in middle school when I, I don't know, I wasn't the same person like I was. I was very, like, before that, uh, I was really giddy, I was really happy. But then I got to middle school, and a little context of the situation is that. I was homeschooled. I went to a private school and then I was homeschooled for my first year of middle school. So I wasn't very good at the okay. social. I want to talk about that too. I want to talk about that later <laughs> after you <speak> that. <laughs> I wasn't really big on the social aspect at that time. It prepared me for quarantine. Definitely did. But um, anyways, um, in like the older middle school years, seventh and eighth grade, I noticed that I wasn't the same type of person. I think I downplayed my emotions a lot and I hid my emotions a lot and I didn't really focus on myself it wasn't about me it was never about me and I was okay with that I was really I was okay with that it was fine it was good until I got to high school and I was alone and I didn't know mm -hmm. how to handle being alone I, it wasn't it was like I I dealt with it when I was in the sixth grade but you're a different person from sixth grade to ninth grade and it was like what do I do now like who what questions and I and I feel like I, I I constantly am replacing that like emptiness in in myself with people with like friends and stuff I, I'm around people and I'm happy if I'm happy then I'm okay right I, I'm, I'm happy and I'm like right right you're, you're not happy like you don't even know yourself anymore and and quarantine really really helps with that um, and also the situations in high school, you know, high school helps. It's supposed to be finding yourself. And you know what? <laughs> I did I, it. You know, you find yourself. So you I wouldn't downplay the high school experience at all because you really do learn a lot about yourself and who you like mm -hmm. to be around, what you can tolerate, what you can't tolerate. It's a, it's a, it's a great learning experience, I think. It is, it is. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I found this amazing quote and it says, 
yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today I am wise, so I want, so I am changing myself. I think it's you. What you just said just went along with this perfectly. That first to change the world, you have to change yourself. You know, if to, if yesterday was helping a friend, now you know maybe today take the time out to help yourself. You know, look at yourself in the mirror and ask, you know, what do I need? You know, I cannot be there for myself. And it's, again, it sounds, you know, what do you, what do you mean, Richie? What do you mean, how can I be there for myself? Exactly. These are the questions we should be able to answer. But when we ask ourselves that, we can't find the answers to them. Yeah. It's all about working on yourself. Working on yourself is important. It's very important. Wow. I, I feel like we we dive deep into certain things, but it's 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 about to get a, a little bit deeper in this. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, before we do, um, uh, I think this is important to say. I, I know I've been saying important, but you know, there's level of importance to certain things. So the next one is: Do you often have arguments with your friends? And you know, if so, do you take them as seriously as arguments with a partner? So it's like saying when you have an argument with your friends versus saying um with a partner. Is there a difference between the way you would answer, the way you would sort of think about um, just the situation? The situation. Um, oh, because I'm not in a relationship, I, I don't have arguments with a partner. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you just. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this, that my arguments with my friends, uh-huh. um, I, I, take them, I take them very seriously because I am still trying to find myself. And I'm not completely like, um, I'm not completely self-isolated and into myself so much that I don't need my friends, but I do. And because of that, I do take our arguments seriously. And I don't often have arguments with my friends, even though I'm the type of person that loves to argue. Um, <laughs> um, one of my toxic traits, I guess, but I do like to argue. But I don't, I, argue, I don't... I don't argue with my friends often, but when I do, I, I take it very seriously because I, I don't find it like something to joke about. I, I take, yeah, I take it seriously. What about you? You know, I want to go back on the, the word argue or argument. I think many times we think that can be a negative thing, but I don't think it is. Um, argue? It, it does have this negative connotation to it by argument that it has to be negative, but I don't think it has to be negative. An argument, I think it's a way to also speak with someone. To understand what they want to say and the way they're feeling it's through, an, it's through an argument to sort of i feel like it's through the argument we're able to sort of reach the same level being on the same page is by having those arguments it doesn't I mean, have to be you no know, negative i mean when you're both angry or you're both frustrated there mm. there's things come out things come out to light right 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 you know and another I, thing about that because things come out, um, because of the, can we blame it on the argument? Can we also, or can we say that we we wanted to say these things, we just didn't want to, and now it's being forced to come out? Yeah, that's what arguments are, essentially. Like, you guys have reached a point in that relationship where you're just like, I, I'm going to tell you everything that I need to tell you, and I'm probably going to say it in the meanest way possible, but I don't even care anymore because I'm I'm done, you know? And that's not the most sufficient way of communicating, but it is one way of communicating. It is communication. 
So, <laughs> I like that. It is one way of communicating. Um, oh, wow. Um, yeah. So I have no arguments. I I don't. I like them because um things come out to light. But you know the feelings afterwards of you know the realization of what you guys argued about and what you know now. It isn't such a great feeling. That's why I don't like to argue with my friends often, and we rarely have anything to argue about because I think we've sorted everything out from previous arguments. That's the mm-hmm. thing. When I have arguments, they're they're big arguments. They're there you go. And they're long. They're long like oh, okay. eight. Okay. <laughs> you sort everything out at one time. So <laughs> you don't have to situate it again, you know, at least for me. What about you? Right. So for me, I think for me, um, it goes back to the communication. If, if we are constantly on the same page and we're communicating, I think we'll understand each other moving on forward versus having this big argument and then later on a few years not even years a few months or weeks later having another one again because in the time of the previous one and then the most recent one the communication again went dead so for me i think in whatever situation i find myself um relationship with a friend or a partner or a family member i think communication for me is is important yeah and one word we used that yeah sorry my bad like do you when you argue with your friends like mm-hmm. do do you argue with your friends like do you even find I, yeah to argue <laughs> with your friends? The question, right? um no i don't i i feel like i'm the type of person who's the opposite if we're in an argument if we happen to get into into one i'm the one who's gonna stay quiet and i'm gonna let you stay everything um i don't know if it's because i'm more independent or I, I don't even want to use the word selfish, but I I I I want to say I understand the person and where they're coming from. I try to understand by saying, "What if I was in their shoes? How would I react?" Yeah. And by doing that, I'm able to understand someone and understand where the words are coming from. So in a way, no, I don't have arguments. If I happen to, it will be me just listening. I think I'm a very good listener. Um, I think sometimes it helps to, to 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 sort of stop talking for a minute and just hear people around you and understand what they're going through. I think once you're able to understand, you will be able to comprehend where it's coming from. That's definitely the more like that's the answer you want, you know, but <laughs> that's the answer you want to hear. Um, I don't know if I can give you that, though. Of course, I'm. Wait, no, no, of course not. It's it's. Listen, everyone is different. Everyone yeah, definitely. Is everyone's different. everyone's no. different. But I just feel like my pride, and pride is a big thing. But I have a lot of pride, and if we're having an argument, I'm gonna tell you how I think. I'm not just gonna let you talk. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. We're not gonna. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not going to. But to to think about it, to just go to um go back of what you said. If we're both you know, really high in this conversation, we're going back and forth. Um, nothing's being, you know, we're, we're saying things, but nothing's getting across because we're both screaming and we're going back and forth, you know, Three, and there's not someone who's listening. And then, you know, I think for me, it helps by listening first and then say what I have to say. I agree. That That's, the, that's definitely the ideal. Um, that, that is the ideal. And if like that's how you handle it, that's that's great. Um, I just wish I, I could handle it the same way. 
I can just, you know, <laughs> there's a reason why I do it like this. So I mean, everybody not- wants to do it like this. I just feel like in the heat of the moment. Right, right. I, I can't, like, I, I, I'm not going to have the same type of reaction as you would. You're probably a, a bit more calm and collected. Um, it's not the same. It's not, it's not the same. <laughs> no, and there's no problem with that. But the problem, I'm saying, I, I just said problem, but I think the important thing is you realize this about yourself. Mm. There's, a, there's a difference between not knowing that versus knowing that about yourself. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I believe once you know that about yourself, um, you're going to consciously think about it. But of course, in the heat of the moment, you know, you may not be thinking about that. But later on, you might, though. And I think that's important to later on to reflect on a conversation. It's like saying if you get into an argument and tomorrow you're like, that's what I should have said, you know? Oh my God. That's the answer yes. I gave them. <laughs> I know we also, all have You're just like contemplating in your mind, like, I know, I know exactly what I'm going to respond to this, but you can talk. You can go ahead and keep on talking, but I know, I know what I'm going to, I know what I'm going to tell you right now. My friend is like that. My, like, one of my closest friends, she's very like, I'm going to think about this for a second. Give me like one minute to think about it. And then I'll like come back to you even harder. Like that, that's how she is. But I my definitely understand. <laughs> my sister's more the opposite. It's later on. She'll come up, she'll come back. Like when I mean later on, probably a day later. Yeah. So when, we, when we get into it or I'll say something. And then a week later, she'll be like, you remember what you said? This Here's my answer. I'm like, what? I forgot about it already. <laughs> I can't even remember. <laughs> what are you talking about? Exactly. <laughs> Oh, wow. Um, with with that being said, um, I think that this is going to be a, a hard question to answer, depending on how you see it. But how deep are your relationships? And it can be either friendships or romantic. And if they're not, and if they are, why or why not? Uh, my my relationships are they deep? Okay. Uh, yeah. I think first, what like first define what do you mean by deep? What is deep to you? Yeah, good question. Gosh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, deep basically means we're on, going back to that soulmate thing, we're on an emotional, like, we're on that emotional connection to where um, we have that emotional depth, you know? We talk to each other and it's, it, it's a deeper conversation. Um, I don't know, I keep on using the word deep, but I just mean emotionally connected enough that we can have conversations that aren't normally had with acquaintances, you know? Ooh, okay. that word, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I wanna talk to like uh, the, the dude on the street about my life, my life story and what I wanna do with my life. I'm always gonna <laughs> talk to my best friend about it. Like, you know, that really depends yeah, on like- down the street. <laughs> It really depends on my emotional connection with you. And that's what deep is for me. And I definitely have deep relationships with my friends. But I think, um, I think, yeah, mine goes along that line too. Having that emotional, um, being synchronized with the person, being emotional, stable, or on the same platform or level with the person um, is able, when I'm able to say something and you're able to understand it. And I think another thing is time. You know, how, how long have you been a um, friend with someone? And for me, I think I have three years, four years. And it seems like, you know, I've gotten to know a person so well that I'm able to understand what they're going through. And, and I allow myself or enable myself 
to be that, that support they need because I understand where they're coming from. And I think for me, yeah, that, that also defines being having a deep relationship with someone. Yeah. That it comes with time. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I guess the opposite spectrum, um, time, I guess, yeah, it is a factor. But what would you say to the people that are emotionally connected within like a, a few months, you know? At least that was mm. that was the the situation with me, I think, that my really? yeah um with one of my my closest friends I feel like I was just emotionally like connected to um to them like it was just it was like instant you know like I knew I was gonna be like friends with this person and who knows if that's gonna change but like as of now I feel like it it took like a few months but I I felt like I could have deep conversations with with Mm -hmm. them and it'd be fine you know, and obviously a lot of people, they take a little bit more, it's like trust people and, you know, uh, but I feel like I could just trust them, you know, I don't know if you, I feel like you had that feeling, you had that feeling a lot of the times. Right, right. And for me to yeah, take think- like two, three years. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I think in life, there's not a one answer, just like you said, because your certain friends, you feel like and automatically um, connected to them within the first two weeks versus some friends where it, it had taken some time. So I don't want it to come as, you know, as we're saying that, you know, there's only one way of going about something. There's definitely not because life, life, life is crazy sometimes. <laughs> you just sit back and look at life like, what, yeah. what is going on? <laughs> you know? I'm confused half of the time. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know, but yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's important to know that because life is spontaneous in itself, that there's not a specific way it goes. There, it's like it's like I think somebody told me there's not a book to be a parent because parenting is you can have five parents in the room there and they will all tell you you know a different thing on how to raise their um a child. Yeah. So I think if we attack life in that angle by saying that you know what. There's not one solution to it if there's not one way of approaching this relationship. And, and it's okay if I don't feel that, you know, that in, that um, that instant connection with someone, if it takes me longer or longer, longer, like like years or months or weeks, that it's okay. It's okay to to go along about it that way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's no like one way to have a relationship with with anyone. You know, we're all different. And I guess with you, it took much. It took a few years for you to get closer to. You. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't want to. No, no I don't want to it's not like a bad thing. It, you know, it took me years. You know, all I said was, you know, because everyone I know now is because we started in freshman year. So mm-hmm. technically, it's been three years. So that's why I use the three years. But no, it doesn't take me years. No, no. get close with someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was just saying, you know, but with, with time increasing, you get closer to the person. But yeah. for sure, me being, you know, a social person, uh, it doesn't take me long to be friends with you. And it doesn't take me long to just, you know, just quit and just stop. Oh, yeah. I think for me, it works both ways. Like, I'll be quick to be friends with you. But the moment I realize, you know, it's not going to work, I'm out. Yeah. yeah. And I think once you're able to realize or able to do that, that will help you so much in life, especially in high school, three years in already. Mm. Um, 
I think that helped me that helped me out knowing that this is good for me and this is not. And I believe once you ask your question, like this question is, you know, to yourself, Uchi or, you know, um, Sarah, like you said, is this the best thing for me? Is this person the best thing for me? And I think I'll say nine out of 10 or eight out of 10, we know the answer, but we choose, you know, not to go with it. Yeah. I don't know. For so, me, it's more like I, I can make, I, I feel like I can make friends like fairly well, I guess. I, I said, I guess, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I, I can't like lose people. I'm not like good oh, at just we, like, we gotta talk about that part. <laughs> hey. I'm not good at like, like, oh, we're not going to work out. No, no, I, I don't, I don't like that mindset at all. It makes me scared. Like that kind of mindset makes me very like nervous because like I, I thought it was going so well. Like why why are you leaving? Like what what do I what do I do? Oh, um, <laughs> it makes me very very nervous. So I don't like to like just toss people away, um or like say that like oh we we can't we can't be friends anymore. Like I I really like to work things out. At least have a conversation about it before like afterwards or at least let us argue or something like figure it out please <laughs> because I can't just like I can't handle people like just leaving without me letting me know like what 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 went wrong like what was the problem right and I think what I'm about to say um this is what I've this is what I think it's been this way but for sure this is not what I'm the way I'm thinking but um I've I've heard a lot you know, from from certain people that uh, that the the mindset of a guy is different from a woman, where a woman is more emotionally attached attached with someone or something, and it's harder to let go. And I want to know if do you think it's that way, or is it that you know it does it has nothing to do with that being a female or a male? Because I was saying that. In a, in a quick second, I can know your friend with you, and then a week later, figure out you know it's not going to work out, and I'm good to go. Yeah. You know, is is it the difference between a female and a male mindset, or is it just you know everyone is different? Uh, I don't know. That's a tough uh, one, huh? That's a tough have, one. <laughs> short answer: I have no idea. I don't have a lot of male friends, but I will say this: I feel like mm-hmm. in some like guys like friend groups or like they're closer than I I would have thought originally that guys are much closer than I would have originally imagined so I think it's a people thing but yeah it's definitely a people thing because um there was this podcast I was actually listening to a couple days ago where this guy was talking about the same thing we're talking about basically quarantine and him losing all his friends and I never would have thought um I don't think I, I obviously do guys are emotional creatures like they're they're people like but I don't think yeah that's another thing Um, (laughs) I didn't think that he would be so like (laughs) open about it because a lot of guys just aren't naturally open with their feelings and that's like a collective you know and of course you can can be like open but so I want to attack that why is it that you know as as guys it seems it's harder or when we do you know be like become emotional it's like wait why are you being emotional as if we're just supposed to be like this rock you know no emotion at all and the reason I want to say that is because I feel like over the years um culturally or society from society perspective that guys are supposed to be this strong-minded person 
that they should pursue life is not supposed to face them. And in reality, yo, we're going through the same thing. <laughs> you know, we're emotional at all times. We may not cry or, you know, but it, it hits you. It hits everybody. Life hits everyone. There's not just one person you know, or one group of person that it doesn't hit. It hits everyone. Yeah, and I think that's just like a, a like a society thing. Like in general, I think guys are like taught to be a certain way and girls are taught to be a certain way as well. That's like how a lot of people are raised. And I'm guilty of it as well, thinking that guys are like emotionless. Like they have no feelings. They're just like, they have no emotions. Like that's what I would have thought a few years ago. But as I as I gain more relationships with people, as I learn more, I realize that we're we're all emotionally kind of like the same, you know? And I think that mindset of guys being emotionless, they have to be, they always have to be happy. They're either happy or they're mad. You can't be anything in between. You can't be depressed. You can't be sad. You can't be jealous. You No, no. That All that other stuff is like out the window. Let's not even say cry. Yeah, you can't even like you can't even like release yourself, and that's like a burden, you know. Like that's 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 a burden on a lot of people. So I think that stereotype and that way men are perceived is definitely harmful in relationships as well. A lot of female, uh, (laughs) a lot of um, a lot of women feel that like they can't be they can't be emotionally in tune with their, their, their significant others, their boyfriends or whatever, because they don't, they don't feel like they can relate when in actuality they can. It's just about relearning. It's relearning how to communicate with people. It's relearning how to express yourself in a relearning how to express yourself in a healthy way, healthy way. That's the key word, healthy. A lot of people, a lot of males express themselves with physical aggression or ignoring (laughs) or stuff of that nature. And people are obviously, they grow up differently, but it's about relearning that like taught cultural norm or societal norm and twisting it and learning learning how to adapt and being in relationships in a healthy way you know, and there's also a stereotype of women as well that we're just like over. I think there's a stereotype of everything, you know. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> like certain things, you know, it, it seems like it has to be that way, and when it's not, it's, it's a problem. Yeah, and I it's think the norm. The norm is very like it's very in your face. It's like it you need to be this, this, and this. Also, one question I think I want to ask everyone. I want everyone to think, to, to think about this. And I say a lot, I say society. When we say society, who, who do we think of? Is it this group of people who refuse to change? Because when we use the word society, are we also part of society? Of course. I think it's more like a rhetorical question. Um, but you know, I have answers. We it's it's a question I've been thinking about. When we say, you know, society doesn't like this or doesn't agree with this, who are we talking about? And we when we say are we not part of society? we don't agree with it that's the thing it's us we talk about right. society like we're not a part of it like we are we are society so when i say we have to get rid of these societal norms i mean us collectively 
have to, <laughs> not just everybody else, you too, me too. We also have to work to change that. You also have to work to, 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 to make healthy relationships. It cannot just be everybody else. It also has to be us. You know, we also have to work mm. on that. You know? I think it's important with the definition of society that, for me, if you asked me a few years ago, you know, I'm a very um, visual person. So in my mind, I was thinking, is this elite group of people who are society that they're called society? You know, and I think it also goes back to education, also being, you know, educated on certain things that we are part of society. And what do you do does matter because at the end, it, it, it collectively um, comes together. Yeah. And yeah, it, I think it, it's, it's a way to, like you said, to retrain or relearn your mindset that, that you're not supposed to think this way or you are supposed to think this way. It, it's this idea of this or not. There's no in between. And I think with life, it requires you to be flexible at times to handle different things. Like we said, there's not a specific way of going about it. There's, there's just like the, the problem didn't just appear today and the source of the problem is, is multiple. It's a simple solution that there's multiple solutions to a problem. And it's okay if one doesn't work, then you have to go to another one. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, definitely a collective effort. With, with yes, yes, collective it's effort. A collective effort. And I feel like we like to blame other people. We like to blame other people. We don't fix it in our own households. We don't fix it within ourselves. Or we don't tell our friends to fix it. That's a big thing. We think that our like our friends, we don't like to tell them like what they're doing wrong. Well, some people might like to tell them to what they're doing wrong, but they feel uncomfortable. Like, hey, that's kind of like that's kind of weird. Like, why, why, why would you say that? Let, let's let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about it. it. Let's have a conversation about it. <laughs> and mm. then let's let's fix it within ourselves so it can like you know carry on you know right um i think the attitude and the tone of how you approach this person is critical mm. because the same like i can approach some, somebody and be like hey yo you gotta change this about you i can say hey man you know have you noticed you've been saying certain things or you've been this way you know let's talk about it for a minute yeah you know, there's, there's a different approach you know you can tell someone you can you can get someone to change themselves by the approach by your tone by the angle of the approach. So it's very important. And talking about that, which is more important to you, <laughs> friends or romantic relationships? Or, or is it that the friends are important or wanting a romantic relationship is important to you? Or can it be both? Um, I'm definitely not like, uh, I'm definitely not like constantly looking for a romantic relationship it's not like i'm looking at everybody like oh this person no this person no <laughs> it's not like that like right, uh, right. but i can't really speak for like is it more important like is my romantic relationship more important than my friends because i've never been in that situation and i guess like that question is basically for like people who are in relationships but i would believe that they would be equally as important to me I, I, I hope, I hope that's what it's like. I, I, I don't know how my perspective is going to change if I ever am in a relationship or when, when it happens, when or if, 
is what so I- you just said something that's very truthful is you know you don't know when it's going to change you know because today you might answer it this way and you know next year on the same time you might have a different answer yeah and it goes back to saying that it's okay to change that change is part of us yeah. change is progress you know it's a way of for us to move forward and, and as for me I think they're both important to, to me I mean it's having really progress it. though like people can change for the worse true 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 so it can either be progress or you're taking a step or you're taking multiple steps backwards and that's so, the whole thing with relationships. Like the whole thing is like, <laughs> I'm going to wrap it, wrap it up and bring it back to the beginning. And basically say that like relationships are scary because that person can change in a heartbeat. And you never know if it's going to be a good change or a bad change. Mm, right, and right. You can't ever know that. Like fully, you will never know if that person is going to change for the good or for the bad. You can always assume you can think that you know that person, but despite that, like that person is still a person. Whether you like and again, it goes back to the communication, you know, not to think that I'm not saying if you've been with someone for 40 years or even with your parents, they think they know you. You know, my mom will always say, I know what you can do and can't do. I'm like, mom, you've been listening to this mom. I'm sorry, but, you know, I don't think you 100 percent know what I can and can't do from from a parent parent point of view I feel like you do but also who I'm truly the person I'm really like 100% me I don't think you really know that you know and I think it goes for everyone nobody really knows you 100% because we're always evolving we're always changing and it's part of our nature I mean communication is always you know taking that step forward or backwards for sure for sure communications yeah communication is like key but at the same time like I don't know if it's like communication is definitely important, but I feel also like when a person changes, like it's not like you can communicate with them to change back to who they were. Mm, whoa. <laughs> you can't. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes we want someone to change back. I, you know, can, you, can you go back to who you were before or who you was before? Yeah. yeah. And sometimes, it's kind, of, it's kind of selfish to say this, to think about it, because we're human, we're, we'll never be the same way again. Yeah. We're all, because I think we're all always in the state of evolving. It's like today is February um, 12th, 8.24, and I bet you we can answer these same questions next year, and <laughs> the answers might have more or less or completely different. Yeah. Because we're always evolving we're always changing you know i'm talking about like more of those big changes though like moral changes i think is is the is the ones that really like mess with my head because yeah we're change and you know change for the better obviously i'm if i'm with you i want to have i want to change obviously there has to be something different about me if i'm still the same if, if, if i'm still the same and i'm dating you <laughs> there's a problem there's a problem yeah there. right it's not exactly yeah. there's a problem there I I want to be a uh, better person hopefully I'm a better person with you but I also can do that with myself but I want to it, it makes me nervous to know that that person can definitely change for the worse you know and you know like say for example like 
you guys break up or whatever and you turn into like this hard like exterior and you're like nothing inside like that's a big change you know and I don't know it feels Um, (laughs) it's a risk like it's such a big it is it is it's like investing yeah Uh, but you said something um that caught my attention (laughs) (laughs) you're right you said moral um the moral part of it and what I immediately thought of is no, are we born with morals or are we thought morals things? Morals are like morals are like a social construct. That's the second that's the second time of me saying this word, but morals are definitely a social construct and they come, I feel like morals, you don't you aren't born with morals. If you were born into a world like nothing, with nothingness, you're born by yourself into nothing, I feel like you would do what like you would do whatever i mean people there's no like there's nothing like you can't even right. outside of that because that's never that happened <laughs> <laughs> like it's never happened like there there was this um psychology experiment i think where children were left in like there were these children that were left yes, alone yes, I, I know what you're talking about yes yeah and they were left alone and they didn't get any like hugs no nothing like they they were just left alone and they died like <laughs> Whoa, okay, that's, that's not what I saw. I'm sorry. That's not what I read about. Oh, that's not the one that you heard about? Well, I, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe the person, well, maybe what I was reading, I didn't go that far, but I didn't know that. Yeah, the kids, they didn't get any, like, attention. Uh, they were fed. They were clothed, but they didn't, nobody played with them. Nobody did anything. And, like, they were, like, one of them died. So there's no way that we can, like, be influenced without someone else so morals are definitely like something that is like obviously man-made man-constructed it's not coming out of one person's brain it, it's collectively you know it's co- it's a collective thought you know but i'm actually gonna wrap it up because it, it's we're going over the time limit we're going over the time right right yeah but this was a really great conversation. I'm so glad I had this with you. Thank you all for coming. And we'll see you on the next episode of Gen Z Plugged. I'm your co-host, Anna Tara, And remember to stay connected. As always.